0: Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist I remember somebody telling me in the early 2000s, "This is the great unwritten story of of organised crime in Ireland, the Mansfields." Somebody had rang you up and said, "Oh, well, I know they, they were they were coming in with two big suitcases full of notes." It actually sounded a bit too incredible at the time. People don't understand this, but maybe and maybe Jim Mansfield Junior didn't understand that. But it's very hard to get up there and say black is white and get people to believe it.
0: I'm Nicola Tallant. And you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld, in Ireland and across the globe. He's the former businessman whose reputation lies in tatters. After the High Court heard he was given €4.5 million euro by Mafia bosses Daniel Kinnahan and Thomas bomber Kavanaugh to wash through his property empire. The court heard this week that Mansfield and members of his family, including his elderly mother, Anne, will not contest the proceeds of crime case the cab were taking, which involves an extraordinary tale of suitcases of cash being delivered to the family mansion. Yet for years, Mansfield Jr vigorously defended his reputation and, just like Daniel Kinnahan, attempted to both silence and use the media to do so. Today, I'm talking to Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald about the fall of the House of Mansfield, about the lies and threats along the way, and about the importance of robust journalism and a free media. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. It was around March 2015, and I was actually investigating this. These, uh, well, they were then allegations that came before the, the cab case this week that Mansfield was basically laundering dirty money for the Kinahan organisation and other criminals and that his father before him had done similar. Um, Now, there had been a Criminal Assets Bureau raid into Saggart House And I had been very actively trying to get a comment from Jim Mansfield Jr. in relation to it all. So in the March, I'd heard that he was up before the Dublin district court. He was looking to get his driver's license back or something like this. And it was an ideal opportunity. I remember distinctly going down to the court, sort of standing in a little bit and seeing this beautiful chauffeur driven car pull up and out popped Mansfield Jr. along with his daughter, Ingrid, who was maybe a teenager or certainly in her early 20s at the time and they walked up towards the court and I popped out from behind the wall I was at and uh, he was quite friendly to me I said to him you know I was investigating these allegations that he was they were you know involving themselves with organized criminals I'd love to do a sit-down interview with him um, and both he and Ingrid laughed at, my, at me in my face um, I asked him, was he on a Garda information message at the time, which would have meant there was an active threat to his life? He said, absolutely not, that the only protection he needed was Ingrid. She laughed. He laughed. It was all very friendly. He said to me, um, we are not drug dealers. We have no involvement in organised crime. And pretty much, you know, I have to say there are times that you go, shit, have I got this completely wrong? Because that's how nearly it felt.
1: Well you see this is it because you have to I remember somebody telling me in the early 2000s at some point this is the great unwritten story of of organized crime in Ireland the Mansfields and and you know how they're linked in with this and you know it wasn't written but it was, certainly was it was there was never really any mention of it I think the odd time you hear mentioned in the papers of possible links to a you know a respectable businessman or whatever but it, there was always that rumours. Mm. There were always those rumours, and it never, up until really that point that you're talking about, when the Sunday World started writing about it in, 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 in you know, at that time, yeah. it had never made anything. So you do think, you know, there's, 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 I mean, there's a history of great rumours in Irish life, and you know, you do think, is this just one of these Chinese whispers? But, but really, um you know, as we found out, and as you got more into it and talked to people more directly, you know, that's not the that that was never the case, and there was always a, uh, you know, while there may sometimes been uh, there was in this case anyway, there was no smoke without fire for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose along the way we were always looking for the smoking gun, and it didn't seem to be there. You know, he would have been friendly. Jim Mansfield Jr. with certain people known to be involved in organised crime like Lee Cullen he'd been seen out with him he was sort of buying cars off but that's not a crime you know there was the, the plane that landed or that was on its way to Weston with the drugs on board they weren't involved in that they weren't convicted or they weren't suspected of involvement in it at the Mansfield and yet there was this whiff of sulphur constantly around them and um, You know, interestingly, when I started to investigate this story and come to a stage that the Sunday World started printing the story in a very confined manner. I mean, there are stories I have about what went on down into Saggart House, which I promise you I will file over the next while now that we're freer to write about them. But... It took a lot of convincing me that they were true because they are just extraordinary.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounded like um, you hear these things. And of course, there are occasions where people that are wealthy, famous sports stars, celebrities, they like hanging around with gangsters. Mm. Like, But there was no doubt he was hanging around with them. Yeah. I mean, nobody could have doubted that or denied that. But you know there are sometimes people who who just want to associate and it was very hard to know what at what how deep those links really were in mm. terms of criminality.
0: Well you see like every good story you need a whistleblower and you need people from the inside giving some information. And usually that only happens, certainly in the criminal underworld. That tends to happen when gangs start to implode, when there's problems within them and when factions are, are are drawing up and lines are drawing up. And if we look back at the evidence we've heard in Mansfield's criminal case before the Special Criminal Court and now within the evidence that we've heard from the Criminal Assets Bureau case this week, it is clear that there's problems Forming. So this money laundering facility, this banker to the underworld and to the paramilitaries may have gone on for decades with his father before him. But the problem for in this case when Daniel Kinahan and Bomber Thomas Bomber Kavanaugh had four point five million in cash delivered to Mansfield Junior to invest in properties. What happened afterwards was the financial crash and problems
1: problems. Cash flow problems which is a huge issue in the criminal underworld. I mean, if you look back at the the murders over the last 20 years, a lot of them come from cash flow problems where people lose money, something goes wrong, and, you know, the collection of debts. I mean, that's the majority of the, you know, the murders and the violence in the criminal underworld. But the Mansfields obviously had a, a huge amount of money going through legitimate businesses to do with building, and if cash flow arose... Things could be moved from one side to another, but obviously the worldwide uh, recession, based around the building trade in particular in Ireland, that crash ended the cash flow mm. uh, available. And well, when the receivers came
0: in, they exactly. lost. The- so the,
1: the the ability to move to have money flowing through the system was gone. Mm. And um, you know, when it came to the, the, I mean, the evidence was incredible, really, uh, about about the idea that. You know, again, that it's kind of, it was so Hollywood, wasn't it? Some guy comes in, two guys come in in a white van with two suitcases. I think it was actually Good Friday 2009, which is, you know, exactly almost 13, 13 years ago. Come in with two big suitcases, wedged full of cash and just handed over 4.5 million. I mean, it it you know, it, it it's an incredible uh, thought even, you know. Yeah.
0: And especially down there to to Sagart House, which is just such a, if anybody's in the Sagart area, just drive past it. It's just every side city west, a gated, beautiful old house with all these sort of outhouse buildings, which were once maybe stables. That, of course, was where uh, Mansfield Senior's security guard, Martin Byrne, was kidnapped and all the evidence we heard during uh, Mansfield Junior's criminal case. Uh, how paramilitaries were living in those houses, how they were protecting him, they were protecting the property, and the whole thing had become a mess by that stage. But out the back of that house is even an island with a little bridge onto it, because at one point around 2015, we did fly over it. There was, maybe the drones weren't as developed, so people physically had to go up in planes to have a look, an aerial view of things. But let's come back to Mansfield, first of all, and go back to that incident outside the court, And, you know, I'm kind of think like to think I'm somewhat used to people telling me lies that I have a good enough judge of character. I honestly he was pretty convincing that day, the way he laughed at me, the way he sort of humiliated me for these fantastical thoughts I was having that he was involved in organized crime. I did for a moment uh, wonder, you know, have I been sold a pup here? Am I being lied to elsewhere? Am I, is everything wrong? Bit of a panic attack. Oh my goodness, what have I printed so far, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You don't have that too often, but he did do that to me. And I think it's a measure of how convincing he is and what came next, of course, uh, into our own offices.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you, I suppose, if you, if you think about organized crime figures, you know, which he, which he has now proven to be. Somebody who's a, a figure within organised crime, they rarely stop and give you a, a, a friendly little word. You know, mm. it just doesn't really work like that. But I think around that time there there had been a raid um, by Cab in in, in January of two thousand and fifteen, and what had gone from being you know something that was almost unmentionable, now there was stories in all of the all of the media outlets. Mm. And it was no
0: longer just a rumor that there no. was some whiff of criminality.
1: So there was clear there was an investigation mm. at the very least. There wasn't a conviction or a proof or anything, but there was something going on um, enough that the, the 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 guards could get a warrant, you know, presented to their, their superiors or whoever they have to do enough evidence to to justify that. And the raids had obviously h- had occurred, but you know. Um, in in classic, I suppose, kind of you know, fraudster style, really. Uh, in terms of, you know, they, the Jim Mansfield Jr. launched uh, a two two prong campaign, a public campaign, mm-hmm. where he started speaking about it all the time, a sort of propaganda campaign. And the second one was uh, uh, a legal campaign against the Sunday world, actually. Because in the aftermath of that meeting outside the court that
0: day, we ran a front page story and the headline on the front page was We Are Not Drug Dealers. And there was a picture of Mansfield and, uh, outside the court. And then inside the paper, we ran what had been the culmination of months and months of investigations. And it was focused on his late father, Jim Sr., and how he basically had been a banker for paramilitary organizations and from the for the criminal underworld, and how he had for years washed money through the building of that property empire out in City West. So, as you say, what happened was the two-pronged approach, slightly Daniel Kinahan-esque. A, go to your lawyers and try and silence the media, silence the news organization that is reporting on this, and B go to the media and do your interview and convince them that you are a legitimate businessman.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, which is, funnily, it is, it has, it is a, a, a strategy that's being mimicked by Daniel Kinnan at the moment. But it is, And but that's not to say it's common because mm. most of these people that are in those circumstances, they say nothing, you know. And um, um, so certainly, uh, Jimmy, uh, Mansfield Jr. appeared in a Sunday uh, broadsheet newspaper denying everything. Uh, you know, we, you know, saying he was the victim of a, of a, of a terrible rumor campaign and he, you know, we had no links to anything and there was nothing to all of this. And, you know, he's being targeted for no particular reason. He also uh, wrote to Enda Kenny personally.
0: Mm mm-hmm.
1: uh, Saying he was saying the same sort of stuff. He was uh,
0: horrified by those cab raids. He yeah,
1: said. yeah, and that was a sort of a, an intimidation campaign, effectively against them. Uh, which is, I mean, the idea that that you know it's particularly uncommon that somebody who mix up with organised criminals would be writing to the T shock. Mm. But obviously they had that level of connection within the political world, um, and that, that that justified this. And then. Um, so that, that that went on and, and you know, there was representatives of Anfield making it known to certain journalists. We always heard that he would do interviews and having a few conditions here and there. But, you know, simultaneously he was writing to The Sunday World. Um, a, a legal tome arrived in that would have
0: yes, and you know the building when it hit the, de- the desk.
1: But, I mean, it was a denial of of not just parts of things, but everything from from... You know, having there's nothing no dissident involvement in any aspect of his organization. His father had no involvement with anything. Money laundering was something he found terrible and would never be involved in. Organized criminality to link him to this was, you know, outrageous. Oh so
0: and hugely
1: damaging to the entire
0: wider Mansfield family that what we had basically published in The Sunday World two pronged the, the the links that he'd had to INLA and other subversive groups and secondly the money laundering. There was no way either of these
1: things were in any way true. Yes, and that that you know that it would be proven and that apologies were being demanded. Um and you know that this is this is the the reality of, of journalism in Ireland. Sometimes you have you have we get constantly maybe things said to us about why don't you write about this bit of corruption and everybody knows this guy is doing this and, you know, everybody, you know, why, why don't you do that? and You know, obviously, you know, this is the consequence of it. And like, as you and I know, if you hit a court of law, uh, it's
0: up to us to prove beyond reasonable doubt that what we have said is true. And every media organisation has legal departments and every word that we... Print every word we say here today it will be legal. Anything that we say that could be defamatory will be removed from this podcast before. Yeah, it goes and we're, out. we'll be
1: accountable for what we what we say we and are. write. And that's the way it is. But you know, the the, the you know we the people that write in and deny everything, I suppose are they held accountable for that in the in the same way journalists are? I don't know. But I mean the the reality is that there was an incredible you know, strong denial. And what of course came to pass was that this has all been shown. For example, the dissident links, which were denied so heavily. I mean, if you look back on now we've been through two court hearings we um, did Jimmy Mansfield Jr.'s own trial. We had the trials of Desi O'Hare and Wacker Duffy and others who were... And you heard all of those links were not just... It's not just a link, but those people were deeply, deeply embedded in the operation um, in the in the Mansfield organisation. And that, you know, just the... If you look back and think denying anything, mm-hmm. and when you consider that those people were... Some of them people were living there effectively. It is But if quite you consider incredible. it, you know, like... All
0: of those dissidents involved in the kidnap of Martin Byrne and they all pleaded guilty. There were no trials. The only reason we heard evidence at all was because Jim, Jimmy Jr. pleaded not guilty to kidnap charges and to pervert the course of justice. Now, he was acquitted on the kidnap charges, but there was a very damning judgment given against him by the Special Criminal Court when he was found guilty of perverting the course of justice. And of course, he's in jail serving a sentence in relation to that now. But the reason we heard that information, the reason Martin Byrne, the now state witness, got into the box in the Special Criminal Court and told the story of what was going on in those Mansfield in within the Mansfield empire as such, in the run-up to twenty fifteen, in all that time when the the official businesses had gone into receivership, when the paramilitaries were circling looking for money, when the likes of Daniel Kinahan, Bomber Kavanaugh were looking for their investment back. Um, the reason we know all that is because of Junior and that decision to plead not guilty.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, the, 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 you know, it has been the wrong decision at the time has Shown. I mean, it is incredible, really, when you think of those names that that, that we've just set out. If you look at Desi O'Hare, it's, I think it's fair to say the most notorious, uh, you know, dissident criminal figure in the history of the Troubles. Mm. Um, Wacker Duffy, a similar person, one of the most... Murderers. Fear- yeah. And Daniel Kinahan. Obviously, the head of the Irish cartel that has had an incredible impact on drug trafficking across the world, and Thomas bomber Kavanagh is number two, and somebody who became uh, rose to the absolute top of the UK's uh, drug trafficking mm-hmm. uh, business. Yeah, these guys are all In floating around. Of- Handing money over, living living in properties in in in, in linked to Jim Mansfield Junior. Mm. I mean, just incredible, you and know. At the same time, out in City West, and we all watched it grow.
0: You had the Mansfields mingling with the Hoy and with, you know, I mean, I remember at one point a Garda Commissioner's daughter had a wedding out there. I think the Fianna Fáil Ardashes were held out there. When I was investigating this story at the time, around 2015, 2016, I approached Bertie Ahern and I asked him, was he aware what had gone on? Was he aware that Mansfield, Jimmy Mansfield Sr., was a money launderer for the paramilitaries, that he had washed the IRA money, the INLA money through that City West? And he looked at me with his jaw open, hadn't a clue, never heard of it. Yeah. So you know they successfully managed to
1: actually saw between yeah the a, a, a series of elites like the the, the Dublin Four social elite, mm-hmm. the absolute uh, uh, subversive elite, the criminal elite, mm-hmm. and then the kind of Galway tent uh, builder elite as well. It's an incredible tale, really. And in fact, that was the funny thing about it, Nicola. If you remember. It actually sounded a bit too incredible at the time. Mm. And if somebody had rang you up and said, "Oh, well I know they, they were they were commenting with two big suitcases full of notes." What, what you would have gone, well, is that like is that true? Or somebody might have said,
0: "Sure, that sounds like a story that was in the Sunday it's- world."
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Fantasy land. Yeah, cuz and it, that is the funny thing about it, you know? And yeah. that's the funny it's it's the same is true of it's the same thing plays out with with Daniel uh, Kinnan in in his denials, and you'll see it on on Twitter. Sure, that couldn't be true. Yeah. He couldn't be also uh, one of the world's biggest boxing promoters and also the head of a cartel. Sure, that's too fantastic. Do you know ridiculous. what's
0: similar with them again? Like to to go back to that sort of two pronged: the the you know sue the media, use the media, which is exactly what uh, Kinnahan also is trying to do. I mean, Kinnahan sponsors certain media in order to get positive media exposure on it for his boxers and himself but both of them and Mansfield as well tried to suggest that there was some sort of collusion between certain media ourselves really because we were the ones writing about it the guards and the state yeah and and we have Daniel Kinahan doing that some years later yeah in exactly the same fashion. Is there a rule book, or is there a little? Of course, that there we don't is. Of, of course,
1: there is. And again, I'm going to say, I'm not comparing these people to, to, to Vladimir Putin, but there is. That Everyone. is the propaganda rule book. Yeah. Which is that that you know, and you see it being played out this week in terms of the the massacres in Ukraine, mm. where people will say, well, that's that's a that's a that's a, a, a conspiracy between media. Uh, the ukrainian forces um and various people and that that that's how it prop you know because there is a distrust on uh in terms of the the media certainly suffers some distrust in some quarters the guards or the, the the state suffers and they play out on that and people believe yeah it could be the the guards could be setting up the you know daniel kinnan to be killed you know, yeah. whatever people, there is a certain group of people that will believe that. I and mean, it's about muddying the waters. Yeah,
0: and that whole fake news phrase, which I hate. I mean, yeah. Trump pushed that right through the whole narrative of, you know, general society. And you get it all the time. You get I it mean, all the time. And you get it from people, not just people in the streets. You get it from people. I, I always find it amazing when you get it from people who are in what should be educated, intelligent positions yeah. in, within the community and the state. And they will throw that phrase out: fake news. Is yeah, fake and news? of course
1: there is some of the, you know, sometimes the state has deserved a uh, scepticism. Mm. But there, but you know, that kind of broad, overarching conspiracy where all these parts work together, you know, to to, to do somebody down. I mean, you'll know yourself. I mean, the the, the conspiracy, the state, the Irish state is not that uh, necessarily that competent to be able to carry out these overarching. Co- uh, no, and also really,
0: it is. While people will say it's corrupt, I mean, you look across the world to other yeah. countries, and it yeah. really isn't all no. that corrupt at all. I mean, you have to be aware that corruption can exist and can happen, obviously. But I, I think by you know, in general, we're not yeah. a very corrupt state. But to go back to Mansfield, and he's sitting um doing porridge there in leash Jail at the moment. Um, hoping, I understand, that he'll get out for Christmas. Yeah. Um, that, I imagine, would depend if there isn't anything else coming for him from uh, the guardie, because, you know, there certainly is a look of, you know,
1: Money Money laundering is a criminal offence. Yeah, it's a criminal offence as well. I mean, obviously, CAB is a a civil matter. Yeah. It's a a different matter. It's it's under different legislation. They're not investigating. They're investigating the proceeds of crime, not actual criminal Mm behaviour. But money laundering is... And we're seeing more and more money laundering charges being brought as as criminal charges, as well as the seizure of assets in, in civil courts. So, you know, I mean, the most interesting thing about... One of the most... Surprising things. I mean, I'm sure there was, you know, people within the the, the investigation knew it was going to happen, but it was very surprising to me that that um, it wasn't. This wasn't fought this week. Mm. Well, yeah, but and it was it was you know that the, the the Mansfields just rolled over, just rolled over. And I mean, if you consider over the years, we obviously remember John Gilligan and people like that who fought twenty-year battles mm. with Cab, and that has been. Generally the, the 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 way these things have gone, because there's technicalities and yeah, but you know, for just to be accepted in in at this really, really early stage. I don't think I mean,
0: I've ever seen a cab case move as quick as no. it because it was only, you know, in the past couple of weeks, it seems, that I was down in Cork yeah. when this case was launched and we broke the story on it. But it was so quick. I mean, so they have quick. just conceded they have said, in actual fact, the only other one I can recall in recent times is Connor Freeman, who was that young chap who got caught up in a sort of a crypto scam yeah. with Americans yeah. and was clearly not your average criminal. This no, guy, no. he was he was somebody who, who was probably easily influenced, got caught up in it. And when some of the money was discovered here, he immediately said he wanted nothing to do it and wanted a go back the the cab gave it back to the american investors who'd lost it in the first place um but mansfield who has stopped fighting was incredibly fighting in that two-pronged yeah up until and i mean he's still suing the sunday world yeah we have just checked with our own lawyers about that they in actual fact approached his legal counsel uh after the uh, co- his conviction before the special criminal court, and they said, "Oh no, no, we're going ahead with it." Yeah. So, um, but he was doing interviews while he was charged before the special criminal court.
1: Yeah, and you know, trying to do more interviews by all accounts, um, where he was going to, and again deny everything from A to Z. So it's it's I think it's very surprising, but I suppose from if you were uh, if you were looking at it from a PR level. You know, you take a hit today, it's in all the newspapers, and maybe that's, you know, that's the end of it, where if you have a rolling court case mm. where, you know, you have to dispute evidence, then more evidence is laid down, more witness testimony, more documents, and it goes on and on over years and years and years, um, and it's a pure disaster. Now the, the, the case is accepted, so the state obviously gave evidence yesterday, but they don't have to keep giving more and more evidence like a sticking plaster pull it off quick pull it off quick like getting your legs waxed Mm -hmm. allegedly which Mm -hmm. i've never done i'd like to put on record so that's basically
0: we've seen the 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 mansfields do that but um you know so can i ask you something because so i'm a journalist right you're a an editor so we have different roles and all this i bring in the bacon right and you decide which plate to put it on shall we say and now we have a situation in media where you have your podcasting you have your online you have your still your new your newspaper our product our main product every week is focused on that sunday world front page story etc cetera, etc cetera. where does the media sit and what responsibilities do we have when a guy like jim mansfield presents himself for interview while faced with a criminal criminal charges before the special criminal court, but he prevents, presents presents an opportunity for an exclusive interview because he wants to wash his reputation. What should we be doing as a media? Should we be taking that interview and running it because it might get us sales, or should we be kind of maybe taking a more of a moral stance on it and saying we'll
1: wait and see the outcome of the court? Well, it's a, it's an interesting so that's a big one. No, it's an interesting question, and um, like so, I suppose it comes down to. Uh, what you what you see now constantly mentioned on, on social media about platforming people. Are you platforming mm. this, you know, say, for example, uh, anti-vaxxers? Are you platforming anti-vaxxers by saying, you know, this famous anti-vaxxer said this? Um, are you platforming, uh, say, Vladimir Putin comes out and says this about the war in Ukraine? Are you platforming him? So, you know, I personally believe that what you, that I, I don't believe that that, anybody should be automatically disbarred from talking. I mean, I think Jim Mansfield Jr., to take some quotes from him, to to put it in the paper, I think that's legitimate, whether he's facing charges or not. I think, you know, if Daniel Kinnan puts out a statement I think we should carry yeah, of some we do of run that, but yeah. well, we do run it. Yeah, but and we put we, it in context. Think, yes, so it's the context that matters. Mm. That's what I think. The the merely not giving people a platform, I just personally don't agree with it. Mm. But it's the context of it, and um, and you know the 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 validity you give to to, to people to, to to espouse conspiracy theories. Um, so that's what I believe. I mean, the Sunday World put pe- allow people to speak directly. Mm-hmm. I like. I personally believe that is right, but I do believe as well that it's up to the media to 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 not spread conspiracy theories mm. of any type without any context. Um, but I, for example, Dolores Cahill, the the the, the famous anti-vaxer, she's she was in various papers over the week. Do you pretend she doesn't exist? Mm. Does that serve anybody? I think it's better to have a context. So. Um, where you're where you're talking mm. about things now. And I know probably you maybe you have a, an, a, a disagreement with that.
0: No, not necessarily. But I, I do wonder where we should be as a media with all that. I mean, I suppose in the end of the day, a journalist feels that they have something that they can do or maybe we still sometimes dream that we can change things. But ultimately, media are businesses, aren't they? And in the end of the day, you're looking for your clicks, you're
1: looking for your sales. So you're trying to weigh all that up. You are, and also the the fact is that the, the purpose of the media is to give expression to things mm. sometimes that are are you know that are uncomfortable or and like you know remember the media shouldn't always be the people deciding what the public can hear. I yeah. don't believe that they should. I believe you have to give people the credit. Even even if you look at Mansfield, and um, you know if you you know I don't think he convinced anybody with his PR battle. No, really. And I think, in fact, say with Daniel Kinnan, like although he's probably convinced a few people, I think, in fact, his, his public protestations of innocence are not effective because people aren't stupid. No. Like that that's a funny thing that that sometimes uh, gatekeepers, as they call it, think. Oh, people are stupid if they hear somebody say everybody is going to die from the vaccine; they're not going to take it. But really, people are more discerning, mm-hmm. and they will. And you know, but I think if you shut down debate, sometimes. It can be dangerous as well because then you are, to some extent, involved in a conspiracy in telling people what they can't hear.
0: Indeed, and I suppose, as a in your role as a journalist, if if Mansfield offers you this interview, it's your job to educate yourself
1: before going into it to ask exactly, the right questions. Exactly, and understand that, like you know, realistically, like you know, there's not a top-down conspiracy to get poor Al Jimmy. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. I and mean, you
1: should you should common sense should tell you that's. That's the case. And, you
0: know, interestingly, a little bit like Daniel Kinnahan, the PR campaign can be their undoing. And, you know, you say just because he says this, people don't have to believe it. I suppose everybody can see that Jim Mansfield Jr. is a liar.
1: Yes, now. And
0: that ain't defamatory to say that now, because he has claimed one thing, and he's also found guilty by a court of law, Um
1: yeah, which, which detailed a horrendous involvement with, with, with dissident groups, dissident killers, really.
0: And the judgment was very damning on him yes. from that court. So all he said in his interviews in his PR campaign and when he stood outside the Dublin District Court in 2015 and laughed at me, he's proved himself
1: really to be Exactly. And the thing about the Daniel Cunningham thing is, like, you know, we live in Dublin, we're not, uh, you know, we're many ways away from that in some ways, but people in Dublin, everybody knows somebody who who knows of Daniel or knows Mm -hmm. somebody who knows him and everybody who knows he's been involved in drugs. Yeah, yeah. So the denials really don't ring true. Mm. And in fact, you know, it means that it gives it, in in a way it makes it less credible because you don't have to be, no guard to know it, you Mm -hmm. know? Somebody will know, Somebody you know, somebody you know.
0: And in a way, I think that is the the um, the thing about the whole incredible Mansfield story. They're mixing with the the legitimate and the non-legitimate of society. In a way, I think it's a slight reflection on Ireland because we are a country that kind of, we like things a little bit un- illegal.
1: Of course. I mean, they used to always say, <laughs> they used to always say about the uh, the, 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 the IRA that people like the whiff of sulphur. Yeah. They used to say um, where people, you know, they didn't want to be joining the IRA, but there was a good lot of people around there who liked to be no people and like mm. that, that whiff of danger, you know? And it's a small country. Look, we're, we're a country that, that that has been an impoverished country a few decades ago. And, you know, there's not that kind of class structure you see in the UK. I mean, every everybody in Ireland has only a few generations back from being pretty much impoverished or nearly everybody. Mm. So, but yeah, it's... it's a I do wonder if those, it's very hard, people don't understand this, but maybe, and maybe Jim Mansfield Jr. didn't understand that, but it's very hard to get up there and say black is white and get people to believe it. Mm. Niall
0: Donald, thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much, Nicola.
0: You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the free Sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro?